Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back, and we're not only back, it's free agency. It's officially opened. We couldn't have got a bigger start, Grifka, before I introduce you than on Monday. The Lions came out swinging. They're signing people left and right. They're getting big names. They're getting people. And Grifka, are you aware that you can pre-buy tickets to the Lions-Browns Super Bowl? Are you aware of this, buddy? (laughs) <laughs> Where are you? At what uh, casino do you get those in Las Vegas? <laughs> Man, they're going to be readily available because both our Lions and the Cleveland Browns of all teams are making some big noise in free agency. So, Grifka, we're just going to get right into it, man. We're going to talk football. We know the people want to hear our opinions. They want to uh, listen to some Lions talk, and that's what we give them every week here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So, Grifka, we come out swinging Let's break it all down. The first signing, I mean, I barely got into work on Monday morning. The Lions had signed Danny Amendola. He got cut from the Dolphins. You know, this is a former Patriot. This is a pure, pure slot receiver. Um, Paid him a decent chunk of money. But what did you think about this signing when you heard it? And uh, what are your overall thoughts? Um, I thought it was a decent signing. Uh, one year. I'm, I'm glad that we didn't sink a whole lot of years into Danny Amendola. Um, he's kind of been known to be a injury bug, but I think he's a guy. I know after you texted me that, I was I was kind of ho hum about it, and I'd like I'd rather give Powell. A chance, but if he's a guy that can teach Powell, you know how to you know, you know, be be the effective slot receiver that Danny Amendola was. If he's there to kind of like help him along, you know, it was one year that he's there. Uh, it, it's a great signing. I mean, the money they gave him, you know, was it the 4.5 million? 
Um, it's not, you know, it's not that terrible, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a nice signing that, uh, you know, the guys come from a winning background. He knows what it takes to win. He was stuck on, he was stuck on a Dolphins team that, um, you know, I'm sorry that they just don't have that great a quarterback. So he really couldn't do a lot down there, but, uh, you know, him, uh, they weren't that great, but, uh, it, it's a good signing. I mean, one year deal. Yeah. I mean, I look back at it now. It's like, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah, man. I, uh, the only thing, I mean, you know me, I'm always looking at, I want the, the guys right in the prime, you know, 25, 28 years old, um, more so in that 25, 26 range, you know, uh, as, as kind of the sweet spot. So when you see 33 years old, kind of nicked up throughout his career, even though he was pretty healthy last year, you know, those are things that were kind of on the negative, but the biggest thing too is when you when you balk at that kind of money and then you see this other money that we're going to talk about later flying all around the NFL I mean 4.5 for a guy that like knows his role loves the coach you know overall I've heard always great things about how he's a hard worker just a grimy kind of come to work type of guy um, when it comes to football Um, and like I say a pure slot like we didn't go get another outside receiver we didn't go get a guy that oh maybe he can make a leap forward as a slot. Like this guy has pretty much always played there. He's played there at a decently high level at times. And uh, like I say, I think that culture stuff is just so big. So looking at like these guys making 10, 11 million, some of these receivers, I mean, even Golden Tate, like remember last year we were talking about giving Golden Tate a two, three year deal for 10 million per. I mean, I'll definitely take Danny Amendola for one year, four and a half with some incentives as well. So, I know I'm really on board with this signing. I just hope that he said he's in the best shape of his life. He said he's faster than ever. Like, I really hope he lives up to that because if you can have Marvin, Kenny, and, and a guy like this along with Powell sitting there, you know, in case of injury, and then you go out and draft someone. I really like that receiving core, and if they were if they were to trade Marvin, which I'm not a proponent of, you know, I still think you can move some pieces around, and if you if you did deal him, you'd add something nice. So I think there's going to be a good receiving core, you know, barring health, but also like something to look forward to in 2019. Yeah, like I said, I think the biggest thing is with him is that his experience, um, he knows what it, it takes to win, and like I said, it's a, it's a one-year deal. I think he knows where, I think he knows where he's at in, in his career. And uh, if he can like maybe teach, like I said, you know, Powell, you know, Sean's like, Hey, this is, you know, how to run the routes. This is what you're looking for underneath. You know, I realize wide receiver coaches are supposed to do that, but uh, you know, a guy, if he's going to show you how to do that and a guy that's done it for years and years in this league, it, it can only better the team, especially in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point, too. I thought, like, you know, he could be a great one-year mentor. He could be a, a real culture guy of just after he's gone, people would be like, oh, man, Amendola came in here and busted his tail, never complained, supported the coach. Like, everybody have kind of fallen in line from there, I think. And, uh, I give you credit, man. We're one for one, and you're semi-positive. So, I thought for sure you'd be about, but uh, so far, so good. I mean, we signed a lot of people, so. so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll beat you up. We'll be arguing. This was one of you know, unless you're really diving into some of these, um, you know, free agents across the board. I don't know. I heard many people talking about Justin Coleman 
when they announced it, you know, when they started breaking him down, hey, he's a great nickel corner. He's coming from Seattle. He used to play in, in New England. He's got some ties there. And I mean, nothing too major, but he did have some ties. He's young. He had some really good athletic scores when I looked him up in regards to some of his combine numbers and um, Spidergram and some different things. So the more I read up on him, man, I was like, you know, hey, this is a nice signing because we've been talking for weeks and weeks the whole last season about T's and, and Nevin not getting it done. So not only do we get rid of Nevin, but we replace him with a guy like this that has some upside, that has some good ratings, plays the nickel pretty much exclusively. And then I saw the contract. Nine million per man. Woo. Um, you know, it is backloaded, but man, that's a lot of money for that type of position. We always talk about position premiums. You know, I know the NFL is going more to a, a slot corner being a premium, but you, you've heard me before defensive end corner quarterback, um, you know, an edge rusher, that type of stuff. Those are kind of things that I pay the big bucks to, but uh, man, they shelled it out for this nickel corner. Uh, he's got to be better than what we had, but uh, like I say, hopefully he can somewhat live up to that uh, dollar amount. What do you think about Justin Coleman coming in here, Grifka? Hopefully really adding to an area that was a huge weakness in 2018. Yeah, that's uh, – I guess I'll try to be semi-positive for you. Uh, when, I, when I read it and I first started to read it, one of the positives that really came out on him is they said late in the year is that he really became the the quarterback of that defensive backfield, even though he was like the, the nickel, um, he was like the nickel corner. He was, he was kind of the leader back there. You know, Richard Sherman was gone or Thomas was out and um, he was the guy that came in and, and really kind of started leading the way is, is what I was reading on him. So that made me feel better about it. Um, once again, I mean, it's, it's the nickel, uh, I, I just still made me wonder who they're going to put on the outside. I hope this isn't one of those things. It's just like, well, yeah, he was a cornerback and he was really good at nickel. We'll just, we're just going to start him opposite Darius Slay. And, you know, yeah, he's played with Matt Pat before, before. So maybe Matt Pat knows the skills better than what we do. But um, it was one of those things I was just, you know, a little leery about. It's like, that's a lot of money for some guy that plays nickel corner. And, and I realize now the game is there's a lot of wide receivers out on the field. It's it's more spread out. And like we were talking before, nickel corners are, aren't necessarily, you know, fast straight line guys. They got to be really quick and um, they're going to have some speed, but they're going to, they have to cover a lot more area than, than your general cornerback does. So um, this is just one of those things where, uh, you know, is this, like you said, it's, it's more backloaded, you know, which, which helps us, which helps the Lions right now because it still gives them, you know, you know, uh, money to go sign other people. But, uh, you know, this one, uh, you know, call me in three years and I'll let you know if it's a good signing or not. <laughs> I did that for you. <laughs> yeah, you did that because you're going to hedge your bets and like be somewhat negative, but also hopeful. And then if he's good, you'd be like, oh, man, what a great. What a great thing to go out and get Justin Coleman, and then if he sucks, you'll rag on him like you've done before. But, hey, man, like I say, the more research I did, I mean, this was kind of the biggest need on the team. You know, everybody talks about pass rusher. Like, I can't count how many times we complained about not being able to cover anybody in that slot position or just in general in our number two corner area. So Justin Coleman's not a guy that will move outside and play number two corner, but I'm just saying that position was so bad. It was just a glaring need, a glaring issue that, um, you know, they went out and directly addressed it. So, you know, 
other than the dollars and cents, like I can't be very negative because, you know, they went out and they looked at the team and said, okay, one of the major reasons we lost football games last year was because we could not cover both in the slot and opposite of Darius Slay. So they went out and solved that problem. And, uh, you know, here we are on Wednesday and they're still sort of looking, what are they going to do at number two corner? I'm assuming it's going to be a vet and a rookie kind of let them battle it out and see who can, who can do it. But if they upgrade that position, I mean, with our safeties and our new blood back there, it's going to be much better in coverage than we have been. So I think it's going to be big improvement. Grifka will be super positive on this in about, uh, uh, about six months to a year. You'll love it. No doubt. (laughs) So next thing that came across the wire, Grifka, I mean, this was the big one. This was the one everybody been talking about, everybody been waiting for. Trey Flowers, man, the uh, absolute beast defensive end. This guy, this guy, Grifka, checks all the boxes. He's like 25, 26 years old. You watch him on film. He's just big, bulky. He can, he can play the run. He can get pressures. He doesn't have these major sack numbers, but – Every time you watch him in his highlights or just in general, he's making plays. He's he's hustling. I just think he's a great guy for the program. He's a, just an absolute physical football player. Like when you look at him, I mean, he's thick. He's, he's got big arms. He's got the the long arms. He's got the just the general measurables that you look for. And we always talk about like when we sign people, we want them to be like football players. You know, we want them to be um, just that gritty, that absolute um, kind of a a guy that you think is just going to be meat and potatoes. And I think, yeah, he got paid top dollar like these rushers that get 20, um, you know, 15 plus sacks. But I think we're going to be very proud, very happy with this guy for years to come. You know, it's going to be hard to live up to that number, but that's the number in the NFL now, man. You're, you're not getting bargains at defensive end for 8 million bucks or something that end up working out. Like, you know, as long as he's solid, not hurt very often and, comes in here and is a culture guy and just a a guy that can do multiple things move him all around I mean I absolutely love it I know a few weeks ago we talked about we were leaning against him because I I tried to sell everybody on the landing Collins but like I say did a little more research and just thought like this guy's probably the perfect guy for Matt Pat so I absolutely love it huge price tag um what's your thoughts on Trey Flowers coming to the D uh when I heard oh number, because I, I know we here we go get the bell. I know we talked about this last show uh, or a couple shows ago. Like, what would I spend on a defensive end? And I was like, you know, because you were like, you know, seventeen, eighteen mil. And I was like, eh, you know, fourteen, fifteen is what is what I would look to spend. And then, uh, and then I, I know when you t- I know when we were ta- we were pinging back and forth on this. I was like, gosh, that price, yikes, you know. And then I was just like, but then you know, I'm starting to read things. I know where he's coming from. I know what he's been. The one thing, you know, like you said, you brought it up on the show about the red flag, the the the, the, the shoulder surgery. You had brought that up, so that, that, was, that was kind of sticking in the back of my mind as well. But then, you know, I'm reading things. I'm, I'm actually watching things, watching NFL Network. And after the signing or, you know, the announcing of the signing, they had the people on there. And one of the, one of the people on there was actually like, this may be less than – he went for less than what they thought he would get. So I'm like, wow, really? And but like you said, that's what it's going for. And you know, people in you know NFL Network, this is all they deal with. You know, they uh, they thought he might even get more than what he actually got. So I was like, huh, oh okay. You know, if um, 
you know, if, if some people even think we got a, a slight bargain on it, you know, I, I can live with that. And, but you're right. This is exactly what, we, what they needed, what, what he did last year. And, and once again, there's always those Debbie downers out there. I was reading that stuff too. You know, he knew it was a contract year. So we worked harder and blah, 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 you know, and I, I read that stuff too, but um, I don't think he's that way. I think he's a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder. He knows, you know, he knows what he has to do. And, uh, him, him coming to this team, you know, going, you know, signing up with a, a, a guy that, you know, used to coach him. He knows what he's about. It's almost kind of like, I know you, I'm expecting this of you. And, and he knows that. And so it's like, he, he could have went to how many teams, you know, I'm sure other teams might've been offering the same thing, but you know, he came here to Detroit to play with Matt Pat, you know, the guy fits his perfect de- fits perfectly on the defense that he wants. He's going to be a leader down there. I mean, him and snacks down there on the defensive line. You know, those guys teaching, you know, Sean Hand, Sean, how to be pros, how to play the game, stuff like that. In the long run, I think it, it kind of it helps Aquara as well. I think, you know, they're going to have to pay this guy some mind. And Aquara, I think it could only help his game. So I love this signing. I really do. Yeah, I like what you hit on right at the end, too, because if you think back to not even a calendar year ago, Griffco, we had, we had Ricky Jean – we had um, we had a Sean and we had really nothing else that we knew about. Now, just a little over six months, a year later, a season later, we've got Deshaun Hand, we've got a Sean, we've got uh, Trey Flowers. I mean, we've got Snacks in the middle. We've got Aquara, who was a pick up off the scrap heap at 23 years old that we were able to keep for another couple of years. It looks like he's got some really good rush and some upside. I mean, look at that defensive line. To me, that's, that's a better line than when we used to pay high resources every year in the draft and in other areas, trying to, trying to beef up DTs, trying to go like get this dominant defensive line. Like, I think that's absolutely nasty and versatile up front. I mean, Deshaun Hand, you can move all around. Uh, Ashawn, you can move a little bit. Like, Flowers, you can move all over the place. Like, I saw Aquara kind of flip sides and do some different things next year. Like, not only are they good and young for the most part, but they're versatile too. And I think that's going to be huge for 2019. Yeah, especially I was I was thinking about this. Um after the signing and you know, they signed Aquara, they got this thinking about who's on this line. And, and I'm starting to think about like this pass rush, what, what they're going to do. This guy can get to the quarterback, you know, snacks can push the middle when he's in there. He's not, he's not a pass rusher. You know, he's not like a Warren Sapp, you know, that you were expected to get to the quarterback, but he clogs up the middle, you know, allowing, you know, Deshaun hand, you know, uh, Ashawn Robinson, those guys, Aquara off the edge, you know, uh, flowers off the end. Look at the offensive lines that Detroit goes against in this division. We always kind of nitpick about stuff. I mean, Minnesota's offensive line was only okay, and I know they've made a couple signings to look to improve it. Same with Green Bay, but that's been Green Bay's knock the last couple of years. Their offensive line hasn't been that good. Now, Chicago's line, I mean, I will admit, I, I believe Chicago's line, offensive line, is probably the best in the division. But Detroit's putting a defensive line out there that can compete with these guys, that, you know, was on, on, on par with these guys. So the signings, where they're at, who we got, it's definite upgrade. It's definitely going to help this team in this division. Yeah, I like your point about the division. My my thing, too, is that, like, even when we had a decent defensive line in the past, I've always felt for the last five-plus, maybe even more than that, five to eight years, we never spent any resources on decent 
safeties or corners. It was always like guys off the street, low draft picks, nothing. Now, like we've not only spent some money, but we spent some draft resources on DBs and safeties. So not only can we rush, but I'm thinking we'll be able to cover much better in, uh, in 2019, especially with like the growth we've seen from Diggs. Like I feel like Diggs and that front line is going to lead this defense, you know, both like verbally and physically and just with their play, you know, they're going to be solid across the front and they've got a leader in the back end that just seems to be no nonsense and all about, you know, running and hitting and and covering when he has to. So I think that's going to make a huge difference. I'm super excited to see it, but Hey man, Trey flowers, welcome to the D happy to have you. We know you're pricey, but I think you'll live up to it. No doubt about it. So let's keep moving through these a little bit. Grifka, uh, soon after Trey Flowers. I mean, again, we're still on Monday morning, man, Monday afternoon here. Uh, Jesse James gets signed, a guy that's really young, still 24, I believe. You know, is with Pittsburgh. I remember when he was coming out in the draft, you know, everybody was kind of intrigued by this guy coming out of Penn State that, you know, in college was pretty good as far as catching, blocking, all types, kind of a versatile tight end kind of fell in the draft I want to say he went in the fifth round kind of with Pittsburgh where they they were splitting splitting carries with a couple different tight ends there you know never really used them a ton but when they did you know they always seemed to be good like kind of the Pittsburgh tight ends the Heath Millers were never going to put up stats or do much but when they make plays you know they they were always pretty solid um I don't mind this signing like I, I love the youth I love his size six seven you know, got some decent bulk. I've read some things that he's a pretty good blocker, uh, which is always a nice bonus. I, I saw some tape on him. He didn't really seem very athletic or fluid after he caught the football. But, uh, man, Jesse James, I, I don't mind it. Uh, now, before I throw it to you, it was probably a day later when I was asking people, like, anybody see the numbers on this guy? Because I was hearing, like, $6 million per. And I know I was talking with the big Hughes, and I was like, $6 million per for Jesse James? That seems like a lot. And uh, he's like, oh, no, it's probably like, you know, in the three to four range, something like that. I was like, I'm hearing six. And then it came out where it was like a little over six, you know, with some backload. So, you know, I think that's a lot. Maybe it's the running rate in the NFL, but he's going to have to make plays in the past game and be kind of an integral part to live up to that kind of dollar amount. But like you say, seem to be one of the better guys on the market, especially when you're betting on on youth. So, again, another one I liked, but another one when I saw the dollars, it it makes me second second guess a little. But, again, you happen to mention, which I yelled at you, overpaying to get people in Detroit or, hey, they don't want to come here. I feel like Bobby Quinn not only had a plan – but he was willing to pay the premium to get you to Detroit and get you to Detroit on day one. And, uh, you know, no big gripes about that. Uh, what are you thinking about Jesse James, Grifka? Um, when the signing first came out, I was happy. Like, and I'll, I'll, I'm just going to go through this really quick. I was happy. And then, like I said, I saw the money as well. And that was one of those things. I'm just like, huh? Okay. But, uh, like you said, he'll have to make plays. But I love the signing simply because this was one of those guys. I remember on a prior show we were talking about how there's always quarterbacks that find the guys who move the chains and the guy that guys just don't get covered and, you know, maybe because there's other options on the field. I think that's what he's going to be. This guy can catch the ball. 
Ben Roth, he'd be one of those guys like when it was like, you know, fourth and three, he'd get he, Roethlisberger would find him for four yards, you know, something like that. He, he'd be open and he would catch the ball. You know, if, if they're expecting him to put up, you know, uh, Gronkowski numbers, Tony Gonzalez numbers, Antonio Gates numbers, I, he's not going to do that. I don't think he's that type of tight end, but he is. I think he's one of those solid tight ends I, I always talk about. That you know he's he's you know he's he's not the biggest road grade blocker and he's not the guy that's going to go down and stretch the field that we all thought we had with Eric Ebron when they drafted him even though I knew that draft pick sucked but uh, he can catch the ball he's going to be your chain mover that's the guy I'm always looking for just the guy um you know you need four yards at some point he's going to be able to get you five he knows where the sticks are at you know he's uh, he can catch a tough pass that as another thing it seemed like when I was watching Steeler games and. He, he make a catch. It was like one of those things where Roethlisberger put in the the spot where the, the only the wide receiver could catch it, and he'd catch it. So yes, I really like that. I really like the signing. I'm not expecting to be the biggest integral, you know, key cog. This is the guy we got to focus on on the offense. But with the other pieces that the Lions have out there, I think this guy's going to get open, and defenses may forget about him. And he's a guy that can catch the ball. I mean, he might be like maybe a two three catch guy a game, as long as they're two, three catches that mean something as opposed to, you know, when it's, when it's uh third and 12 and we, we dump it out to him for three yards out in the flat, you know, just a, you know, that, that doesn't mean nothing. I'm talking like those catches where it's like third and five, fourth and five, again, we got to keep a drive going and he's open along the sidelines or sitting, you know, somewhere in a soft part of the zone and he catches the ball, gets the yards. Uh, I'm okay with that. You know, the guy doesn't get a whole lot of targets. We have a whole lot of other options out there on the field, but, I really like this signing. I mean, I believe he's a well-rounded tight end. You know, he, he can block, he can go out and catch, he runs decent routes. And um, But, yeah, maybe the price tag might have been a, a tiny bit heavy. But, like you said, it's one of those things where I think uh, we, had to, we had to pay him a little more simply because the tight end market this year for free agents was really, really light. So maybe we had to pay a little more to get him, but I'm okay with that right now. Well, Griff, a couple things. First of all, I want to say I like your take. The second thing I want to say is one of my favorite parts of this podcast, Griff, we always give you grief for like every time I finish and you, you agree with me, I hit you with the bell. But my other favorite part is when like I have a take and you start out your take with my take, which is, you know, uh, he's good. I didn't know if I liked the money. Like, I mean, just, just say you agree with me so I can hit the bell on things like that. But I think we're on the same page with Jesse James. I mean, uh, we, we both had similar takes. I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, we'll be interested to see what happens in the draft, but I, you don't like going in 2019 as Jesse James as a integral part or, Oh, he's our number one. And, and Grifka's boy, Levine Toy Lolo, you know, they got to resign uh, Levine, man. I'm pumping this guy, man. I'm I'm emailing Bobby Quinn. I'm calling my insider. I'm like, get this guy back in, man. He finished with like no. you know 21 catches for like 200 yards. We got to get this guy in. Well, why why do you really want him, Griffco? What's what, do you see something in him? Levine Toilolo. I think we have something there. We might have found something. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I, I think if if uh, you know, I've always been a proponent of like getting players, but then pushing them down the depth chart by adding better players. So if Jesse James, our number two tight end, and he shows some promise, but also isn't counted on a ton, um, 
you know, I'd be happy with that. Now, again, six million, you're going to need to make some plays. So I don't want to push him too far down because uh, of what they paid him, his youth. And hopefully there is some upside there. But, uh, yeah, another good signing, I thought. Now, Grifka, last show, I hollered at you for a couple reasons. One, because we're doing our mock drafts. <laughs> and you come out and you take uh, Rocky Sin in the first round. And your justification is because you love the guy's name. And oh, yeah. because you took him mid-round. And I said, this guy's I'm getting him in the third round of all my mocks. You're like, oh, I see him in the first round in all these mocks. So since then, I went out looking for Rocky Sin. I think I saw one mock that had him at the low, low end of the first round. Um, so that's going to be curious to see on draft day. Because if he goes in the third round, you know, I hope he goes to the Lions in the third round. But if he goes in the third round, you're going to hear from me. If he somehow goes in round one, oh, man, I'm going to have to tip my cap and eat a piece of paper <laughs> or something. But, I mean, I don't see it happening. Now, I, I say all that to say this. It's a great name, but is it better than Oday Abushi, our new guard? <laughs> that we just signed uh he's been kind of a journeyman but hey man this guy can play when he's been in there he's played decent he's graded decent by pro football focus i mean i'm not doing backflips but i thought this was another ni- ni- nice little signing he's his age is good he seemed big enough to play the position he, every time he's in, like on a team next thing you know he's starting it doesn't matter if he comes in mid-year end of the year whatever it may be he was in seattle i believe with daryl bevel so there's some familiarity there grifka the, the Kool-Aid drinkers can't wait for your take on Oday Abushi. Go. <laughs> First of all, yes, he's got a great name. He sounds like one of those guys that it's one of the bosses that you have to fight at the end of a level of a, of a video game. Oh, my God, for taking on Oday Abushi. we got to watch <laughs> out for this guy. How do you defeat him? You're, you're, you're looking up in the cheat book on how to beat this guy. But um, yeah. this, is, this is one of those guys like, you know uh, – yeah, when I first when I first saw it was him, I'm like, I'm gonna bring it out. I'm not gonna lie, cannon fodder. There you go, camp fodder. And I know you love when I use that, but uh, it, he's one of those guys, like you said, you you get guys in, and hopefully you sign better guys to push him down. Because uh, I personally feel if he's the guy starting in place of T.J. Lang, uh, I think the offensive line has a big hole there. It, like you said, it's just one of those things where you know he's, I believe he's okay. But I hope we get somebody better. That's that's my take on the guy. <laughs> All right, short and sweet. I like to say uh, it's appropriate, though. I mean, uh, a little bit of a depth signing, a little bit of an upside play. But yeah, I don't, we don't really want to see him starting at right guard or left. You know, I know he played some left. I believe I heard. Um, so maybe they'll shuffle that line around a little bit. But hey. You know, maybe making a million guaranteed, two million total. You know, I didn't mind it. Need some depth there. Need to figure out that uh, TJ Lang hole. No doubt about it. Um, so, Grifka, that was the main uh, free agents here. We're, we're sitting, waiting. It's it's Wednesday. Um, and, you know, all the reports are saying the Lions have 29, 30 million bucks left because um, Bobby Quinn did some creative accounting here. So, let's go through them. Danny Amendola, these are the cap hits. <laughs> not the like total dollars, but like what it's going to be in 2019. Danny Amendola around 4.5 million. Justin Coleman only 3.4 million. Trey Flowers, who on average is going to be making around 18, but in 2019 his cap hit is only going to be around six million bucks. Can you believe that? Jesse James just over two million bucks. I put O'Day here at maybe like a mil or less. 
So the Lions signed all these guys. The fan base is super pumped. And we still got 30 million bucks burning a hole in our pocket. Like, I think Bobby Quinn may be up to something. Or, you know, he keeps a little bit for a rainy day. But uh, I thought they were dead out of money once they made these first wave of signings. But when the numbers come out, sure enough, man, they can add another couple players at a decent value or a trade or whatever it may be. Like, what are you feeling about this uh, backloading of money and any clue of what they might look to do with 30 million still sitting there? First, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I first was seeing these numbers. I'm like, you know, they're spent. You know, I mean, they're going to have their money left for the draft picks is pretty much what it is. But then when when the deal started to be announced, each cap hit and everything, it's like, wow, you know, gosh, they do have something else going. Who else are they looking at? I'm starting to think of all these other guys they could get, you know, just like, you know, like C.J. Mosley or something. You know, he's signed somewhere else. But still, you know, gosh, they still got money to get this guy. Still got money to get this guy. And then, uh, and, you know, I uh, start, started to think about it. You know, and so it's like, hmm. So if all these are backloaded, you know, you know, a few years down the road, this is really going to start to affect our cap. You know, uh, all I could think of was where, how does this affect our quarterback position? You know, it's just, what are they doing here? I mean, it's one of those things, you know, it, it's just in my mind, you know, not, not to try to poo-poo these signings, but it's a lot of money. You know, and I'm assuming when you see the official, you know, if they try to release, you know, say Justin Coleman in, in three years or whatever like that, you know, or, or, or you know, or something, just if it's really backloaded, what's going to be the cap hit at that point? Is it one of those things where, you know, there's that groundswell, you always that thing, you know, this, this, or maybe next year, you know, this might be the last year for Stafford because we all know what the cap hit is next year, even if, you know, they release him. So it's, it's one of those things where, it, you know, are they – is the front office kind of protecting themselves for that in case it doesn't go right, uh, you know, doesn't go the way they want it. They want to move a different direction at QP. And that's why everything's backloaded where they get a cheaper guy down the road. You know, like I said, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but this just kind of crossed my mind. I started thinking about it. You know, maybe that's why they did it that way. You know, because we've seen other teams, you know, it seems like Cleveland looks like they're going all in. You brought them up, you know, they're signing and trading for all these guys. And, you know, it's not, the lines are making these great signings, but we're not paying them anything right now. And like, you know, you know, it's a deal we always say, like at some point, you know, you got to pay the piper. But it might be one of those things where they're doing all this backloading. You know, in a few years, the lines might be looking for a cheaper quarterback. So, it just, I think that might be one of the reasons why. Yeah, man, I think it's a good point. I mean, you made it like three or four times, but uh, I think it's a good point by you. I think that uh, it could be the case of backloading and then, you know, looking for a cheaper quarterback. The other thing I thought, you know, it could be that we as fans usually don't think about is that, uh, you know, Bobby Quinn, he's pretty strategic where he'll look years in advance at both the draft who might be available in free agency. Like he kind of maps it out years in advance. I think he really always has from day one, in my opinion, it seemed to have a game plan of what he's trying to accomplish. So if you really look at it, I think the CBA is up in two years where they have to renegotiate. So you know that some things are going to change every year. The salary cap in the NFL is going up 10, 15 plus million bucks I mean he's probably sort of doing the math and saying hey in like two three years you know the cap's going to be up this much that's when we can pay it and like you said what a perfect scenario if he pushes money back 
you know, um, things don't work out with Stafford. You have another young quarterback, but you're paying all these defensive guys more than you probably should. It kind of evens itself out. Or if Stafford plays amazing, you're on the hook for 27 million bucks for the next three. I think I oh today his contract's up in 2023. So if all goes well, like you're kind of accounting for that big money being on for the next few years. And then by the time it would be off, like you'd be getting hit by the Trey Flowers, the Coleman's of the world. So I think it could be more than just a quarterback. It could be like a really strategic future planning saying the cap's going to be higher. CBA might be totally changed. And I'm going to push this back until we know more instead of dealing with it uh, right now. So um, all really interesting things to think about. Grifka, we got so much to talk about today, man. We got to sort of keep this thing moving. Um, how about just some general thoughts of what you thought these free agents, I know we'll probably talk about it more on the Friday show, but what did these free agents do to like our draft strategy? You know, um, did you think it opened us up? Did it kind of make things more clear for you or things more cloudy of what BQ um, might want to do with his draft picks? What do you think? Um, just a, you know, quick uh, thought on it. I think it really uh, leaves us open for maybe more of a best player available they may be uh, targeting in a certain position. And um, like I said, we can talk about this a little more on Friday, but uh, they, it uh, it kind of opens it up where it's like if, uh, say, they didn't sign a rush end and there was a cornerback out there that they wanted and there was a good rush end out there they wanted, they, they don't have to decide between the two. It's more like, okay, we got Trey Flowers. Now we don't need to go take said rush end we like. We can really focus on this cornerback. And I realize boards, you know, change and stuff. People draft, and you just can't focus on one guy. But I think it, it does more of a – it targets more of what they're looking for. They're not left between, you know, him and Han between, you know, three, four guys. It might narrow it down some, you know, down to a couple guys that they might be targeting. So I think these signings, it, it definitely – it definitely, um, I think – pinpoints what they're looking for in the draft a little more Um, because I think we both agree there's still holes that need to be filled so just saying best player available you know I know that's what a lot of uh, GMs will say we'll just take the best player available but if it's one of those things the best player available is only like maybe a half a step above a position that you really really want and you really really like that guy you might go take the guy you really really like and leave the, the 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 token best player available still on the board because it's not a position in need um, yeah, I, I kind of disagree a little bit with you. I mean, I think I was really happy with these signings. So I think it, it does sort of open you up in the draft. But one thing I've learned with the draft, like, you know, doing fantasy football, doing all this draft study I do, you, you don't really go into a draft saying, oh, I'll take this guy here because I'm set at these other spots. You kind of, the way that you draft the best is when you really stack the board A to Z and then you pretty much take a guy. Yeah, he still has, sort of has to be in a position of need, but you can't pass up a guy that you really think is a good player. Just say, well, I'm kind of good at DN now, so I'll pass up on all these really good DNs and take a, a corner that you could get later in the round that isn't worth that value. So I think it opens them up. I mean, I'm still debating on like, you know, I don't like Hawkinson there, but what does Jesse James do to that? Does he kill it? Does he make it more plausible? I don't really know, but I think what it does do, hopefully Bobby Quinn sits there. He feels good about his roster and he says, I'm going to take the most impactful best player available. That's going to be a blue chip type talent. I don't care if that's at rush end, linebacker, corner, 
wherever, but he's got to get value if he sticks at eight. And if he trades down, you know, that continues to open up options. But, you know, I don't want them reaching on a cornerback at eight because they think they're set everywhere else. I mean, I think that'd be a mistake. So, um, all right, let's look here. So we've got uh, big spending on day one. Grifka, don't, don't kill your mojo, your positive mojo. Don't, don't make the people want to come after you. Overall, do you think the Lions overpaid in this free agency that's going to come back to bite them? Or overall, are you happy and think when we look back years from now, we're going to go, man, remember when they went big on free agency? That really changed our team, really got us some victories, hopefully some playoff wins, and, and hopefully even more than that. What do you think? Um, like, like I said, I think the only one they may have overpaid on, a couple of them, was uh, the Jesse James one soon because the numbers they gave him, you know, the dollar a month again for like what he's done. But like I said, I still like the signing and the other one, uh, Coleman, um, that one just kind of, that one worries me a little bit. But once again, I, I don't know if that's making that guy the highest paid nickel of all time. I'm not for sure about that, but uh, I think what they're doing is actually they're, they're, shi- they're signing good players that, you know, and I, I think the Amadola, the, price is good. I think the Trey Flowers price is good. Um, so I, I think, I think they're getting some, some good signings here and I don't think it's going to kill the team, but I, it allows them to maybe go for it a little more. Maybe they, they do see some other weaknesses in the, this division, even in, even in the whole conference as a whole, you know, uh, seeing that, you know, if they get the right people, fill the right holes, you know, then, then they can make a real run somewhere with, with this year and not have to wait another two, three years. So, yeah, I'm there with you. I mean, I, I I think in today's NFL, like every time people think it's overspending when really that's the market. And if you don't pay that amount, not only do you not get the players, but overspending today is cheap in like a year. So I think we're going to look back on these as pretty good signings. You know, I think most of them will pan out. And then the biggest thing, Grifka, is like this defense is coming together. I mean, I don't know if you saw like Diggs, Slay, and Coleman are all like cousins or they all went to the same high school. I mean, there's some real mojo going on 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 the back end there as far as like camaraderie. And I think this team is really coming together as a a team that's going to like each other. That's going to have a good locker room. And that defense seems pretty set. And now if they can load up on a few offensive playmakers, and Stafford gets it together and, and reverts the clock back to like two years ago when he was lighting the skies on fire and playing really good sound football, not turning it over, man, I think we could see a real flip in our record from this year and just a really big uptick. And uh, the last question I have for you, Griff, cause like, you know, you're the, you're the lions uh, historian of this crew. Like, can you remember a time when the Lions like came out day one, they had a game plan, they spent the money, they brought in kind of the top defensive guy or the top free agent available like they seem to do this year. Can you remember that in your past? Because I know since I've been a diehard fan, I mean, they've had a few moments here or there, but never when I walked away from day one of free agency going, man, we won the day. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. I've made, I remember past years where they've signed guys. And uh, I, I've, I've brought it up before where they needed offensive linemen. They needed three offensive linemen, and they assigned three offensive right guards. 
and try to make a left guard, a right guard, and a right tackle out of those guys. I mean, that, that didn't work out. Um, and plus, all those guys were past their prime anyways. And then I also remember when they needed a defensive lineman to go with Luther Ellis. I know your boy Luther Ellis, you're a huge fan of him. Um, <laughs> and, they, and they signed um, Hank Thomas away from Minnesota when Minnesota had uh, Hank Thomas and John Randall. And to be honest with you, Minnesota kept the right two, one of the two, and John Randall. And Hank Thomas, he was decent, but he wasn't spectacular here. He didn't turn that defense into any any great run stuffing defense or anything like that. So, I mean, there's times where they've signed guys, they're like, hey, hey, great signing, and it just hasn't panned out. And I think we all remember the Pat Swilling trade, where New Orleans ended up getting Hall of Famer Willie Rove. So, uh, you know, I, I just. Uh, I don't remember anything like this where I came out feeling good. I mean, when I was younger, when all this signing hands, like, yeah, you see, you see your team signing guys. So you think it's great, but it just never seemed to like pan out. You know, now it's just like you're older, wiser. You look at it with a different eye and you, you look at it more rational than, than, than when I was younger. But I don't even remember like even some of the top guys even being on. I remember they, they carded Derek Thomas in when he was a free agent, Reggie White that first year. I remember seeing Wayne Fonts with him at Pistons games, and it's like you knew these guys weren't coming here. It's like, Reggie White's going to sign with the Lions. Oh, uh, yeah, no, he's not. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Trey Flowers, man, he was probably, you know, probably one of the best defenders out there, and the Lions snagged him. You know, yeah, they, they paid him, but he's here, and he knows the system, so he's, he's not learning anything new. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the biggest thing for me, again, since breaking down the draft and always being like on contracts and whatnot is, uh, you know, if you look back since Bob Quinn has been here, the guys he's brought in, man, he's always bringing them in at a, at a good age, a pretty good market contract. And, uh, you know, uh, he hasn't had a ton of swings and misses. He's had some um, miscues here or there, but I mean, I love that he doesn't bring in like 32-year-old uh, running backs or, you know, kind of reach on defenders that have really, <laughs> you know, never produced. I mean, he seems to like see guys that produce, see them at like kind of a good age, and then he's able to market value them and get them here. And I mean, that's what he ended up doing with Marvin Jones. I know we didn't really love that deal, but it was like Marvin Jones was coming into 25 years old or whatever. They paid him like eight, nine million bucks. He's come here and produced, and uh, and now that contract looks good compared to all these other receivers. So I think that this is the first time I've seen him be this aggressive in free agency, have a, a real plan that you can wrap your head around, and guys that, hey, man, if Trey Flowers is good, if Coleman is good, these guys are here for the next two, three, four years at a really high level with a quarterback that's already paid and some skill guys. So I think this team is going to be ready to rock and roll. And I mean, everything I've saw on Twitter and across the board, like Lions fans are fired up. It's been fun. We, uh, we can't wait to see kind of what they do to finish it out. The draft's going to be huge, but Grifka, man, it was a huge free agent show. I mean, uh, got to talk about some really fun additions. It's what we've been waiting for. I mean, how about we come back on Friday and we'll talk about uh, maybe how this impacts the draft a little bit more. Probably by then we'll have a few more signings we can talk about. Uh, how's that sound to you? You got anything else? Uh, <clears throat> well, how's that sound to you first? Let's go there. Yeah, so that sounds like a plan. Let's do that. All right, and then the people always want to know, uh, do you have anything else, Grifka, before we get up out of here? Uh, nope. 
All right, everybody. So thank you so much for listening to Detroit Kool-Aid Cast that we try to get a lot in today and just kind of talk some football. It's a great time of year. We know everybody's fired up out there. So uh, please keep uh, listening to the podcast. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Hit me up on Twitter. Detroit underscore Kool-Aid is where you can get at me. Ask us any type of questions. Uh, interact. We're always talking Lions on there, having a bunch of fun. So hit that up, and uh, we'll be back here Friday morning for another episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.